Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, the NRL announce a date. Channel 9 says, shove it up, your date. And we debut, what are you wearing? Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit to the Boys, live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, on Instagram, FCTTB podcast, all one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend. Search the hashtag massive social influencer. You can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts, all one word. He's a man who this week dobbed in 200 people for breaking curfew. He will declare himself the 2020 Wimbledon champion and the US Masters winner when no one else shows up to play. And tonight he's wearing his free George Pell cap. Welcome, Sid. Yes, hello, former. Hello, world. I reckon if I turned up to the Masters and I just tee off, I could win that you by win. default. You win. You've got to get there. That's your problem. Well, also, knowing me, I'd have an air swing on the first tee. <laughs> uh, Throw your back out. <laughs> but, but speaking of dobbing people in for breaking curfew, where were all the people when George Pell drove from Melbourne to Sydney? The cops should have pulled him over 10 times for non-essential travel mm. and chucked him back in the slammer. Or better still, being Victorian police, just shoot first <laughs> and ask questions later. Put one into him. Come Please. on, Australia. One over the top of his head, get him ducking and get him interested. Yes, George Pell, good bloke. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Our first story comes from the Blacksland Bugle. And it's how many sexual partners the average person will have in their lifetime. Find out where you rank. Oh, this is a good game. <laughs> it's one of the most personal questions you can ask someone. How many people have you slept with? Let's say slept with Sid. Yeah. Do you count the ones where it ends with me going, sorry about that, I'll let myself out? Because technically, I didn't sleep with anyone that night. <laughs> Your number would be through the roof. Anyway. A survey has revealed the average number of sexual partners that a person will have in their lifetime. And the results might surprise. Healthcare company Euroclinics uh, surveyed 2,000 people around the UK to find out about their sex lives. The results revealed that 25% of people have had sex with two to four people in their lifetime. Surprisingly, 14% of respondents said they've only had sex with one person over the course of their life. Meanwhile, 2% were slightly more active, racking up over 91 partners in their life. Call me Good Mr. on you. Call me Mr. 2%. Uh, and 4% said they don't know how many you people have You get called slept. Mr. 2% for different <laughs> reasons, but go on. <laughs> call, I get called Mr. 2 seconds. I get called Mr. 2 inches. And Mr. 2%. <laughs> oh, 2 inches, 2 centimetres. <laughs> uh, fair point. Uh, 4% said they didn't know how many they've actually had sex with. Delving deeper into the numbers... 
The survey revealed that Londoners have the highest number of sexual partners, with 5% counting more than 91 partners in their lifetime. Scrubbers. Older respondents were also found to be frisky, with 3% of 35 to 44-year-olds right in your warehouse, Sid, uh, having had more than 91 sexual partners. Uh, We'll just run through them. Uh, Zero. There's 3% of you that have had zero. One. 3% of the population have never had a go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) One. Is fourteen percent weirdos. Yeah. Uh, two to four is twenty-five weirdos. Five to nine, twenty-two weirdos. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, keep going. Ten to fifteen weirdos. Thirteen percent. Uh, Sixteen to twenty-seven percent. Twenty-one to thirty-four percent. Thirty-one to forty-two percent. And as it goes, seventy-one to ninety-one percent. Ninety-one or more, two percent. Ninety-one or or more, two percent. Mm. Well, here's a few more stats. For you, hmm. if uh, former's stats didn't already put you to sleep, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Yes, he has slept with five thousand women. Chicks dig him, former. <laughs> I don't know All why. Kiss is a rubbish band, oh. but that's for another day. That's uh, what we should do. We should do a top list of overrated bands. Uh, Kiss. Fo- I think Fox has already done that. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> but Gene Simmons from Kiss, who's also a bass player, so he goes all right. He has a seven-inch tongue, mm. so it's no wonder he's smashed up 5,000 women. Mm. But his tongue is insured for a million dollars. Is it? I'm not sure how you insure body parts, but... Uh, What's your uh, tongue insured for? Well, I'm going to ring an RMA tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, Charlie Sheen, yep, he's cracked 5,000. Yes. He said he was that, nicknamed... That, that's worked out well. <laughs> well, back in the day, he said he was nicknamed The Machine by his partners, Although now he's referred to by partners as the dreaded. But uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman, there'll be a few awkward phone calls from Charlie Sheen a couple of years ago. Dennis, do yourself a favour, go and get a test. Dennis Rodman, your mate. The worm. He slept, he slept with over 2,000 women by his count, saying probably 500 or more of those were gold diggers or worse. <laughs> But NBA star Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, the king. He beats them all. He once claimed that he betted over 20,000 women. Now, he died at age 63 in 1999 from dehydration and exhaustion. (laughs) Shaggers back. Yeah, he had a shocking posture. Is it true? And you might know this. Okay. Gene Simmons apparently takes a Polaroid of every woman that he That is true. Unbelievable. Yeah, I Googled that. So when he admitted to, what was it, 5,000 women, uh, when he got with his wife, Mm. his wife's like, what is this Kennard's hire (laughs) place we've got with all these Polaroids? So they actually had a ceremonial burning of all of them. Oh, he'd be devastated. No, he's up to 2,000 more. (laughs) Just don't let her know. Full credit to the boys. Our next story comes from the Tari Telegraph. Uh, Bodybuilder is marrying his sex doll. Girlfriend. Actor and bodybuilder Yuri Toloktok has popped the big question to his girlfriend Margot. It was a pretty traditional proposal. He presented her with roses, got down on one knee during a romantic dinner while a saxophonist saxophone. um, serenaded the couple. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Margot is his sex doll girlfriend. Mm. Well, I guess Margot Robbie, but. Uh, Ooh. Margot. Have you, you'd you, call it something else, wouldn't you? Google this, Blake, because. 
It's not even a good-looking sex doll, which is <laughs> extremely disappointing. It's like a shaved-down Ewok. Pretty sure you have the option to choose whichever one you want. <laughs> and one, that's what he went with. The one he's gone Jeez, with I is... Wanna, I want to Google that Ooh, now. She's rough. Um, Margot, who happens to be a life-size sex doll, just shared the happy news with her 63,000 imbecilic Instagram <laughs> followers. Hashtag massive social influencer. Yeah. Um, the post is accompanied by a lengthy caption in which... Um, maintains Margot's. Oh, sorry, he maintains Margot's social media. That's what would she uh, do that herself? I honestly, one thought, of those guys. I honestly thought Margot the sex doll wrote her own Instagram yeah. post. I'm outraged by this. Get your nose out of it, Yuri. Here, here um, comes an unfollow. <laughs> uh, outlines his. So Yuri outlines his opinion on the ideal relationship between a man and a woman. A translated portion reads: Women. If you are reading this text now, go to your man, grab a cold beer, and while he drinks, quickly make him pleased for all the <laughs> suffering that women brought in his life. <laughs> scratch, I love Yuri. Scratch his back, praise his mother, and say that he has a big mind, honour, and conscience. Now, who knew a bloke who was so wrong in marrying a plastic doll could be so right said about women? <laughs> you know what? My dream woman always scratches my back and praises my mother. <laughs> What's wrong with this At guy? At the same time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, this is creepy. Uh, prior to the proposal, uh, Yuri gifted Margot with cosmetic surgery <laughs> in order to alleviate the insecurity he claims she felt over her appearance. Oh, she said it. Okay. <laughs> she began to develop a complex. Yuri, oh, who says steroids are good for you? Um, recently told the New York Post, when I presented her photo on the world, to the world, there was a lot of criticism and she began to develop a complex, so we decided to have plastic surgery. <laughs> She's changed a lot. Let me tell you, she looks more plastic than Danny Minogue. Um, <laughs> at first, it was hard to accept, but I got used to it later. Uh, I would have a Danny Minogue sex doll. Yuri. Just, quietly. <laughs> um, just stop the tape there for a <laughs> It's going up to your ensuite. Don't again. go to my ensuite, you <laughs> jerk. Yuri and Margot have had it, been an item for eight months now. It's, it's too early, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Ever since he rescued her from another man. Oh, no. With less than... I wonder if he got the old Glen 20 straight out. Uh, less than honourable intentions in a bar. And while theirs is pretty unconventional as love stories go, no. Yuri and Margot, unalone, Sid. Yeah. Um, and just a little update to this. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, Yuri has decided to postpone his wedding to his plastic girlfriend, Margot. Well, this uh, social isolation is uh, its tough for a lot of people. Mm. I was thinking that poor Margot has probably postponed the wedding because she's probably copping an absolute battering <laughs> at home with Yuri because of this isolation period. But something tells me that this is pretty normal and Yuri smashes her up. Because I don't reckon Yuri gets out much. No, I think uh, Yuri's given a good railing at the moment as we speak. F-C-T-T-B. Next story comes from the Bega Bugle. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is selling a candle that smells like her vagina. This feels like we've done this story before. No, no, it's something else that she was selling once before. Good on her. Gwyneth Paltrow has made a candle that's called This Smells Like My Vagina for her <laughs> website. Goop. Which was a very bad B-side <laughs> on Nirvana's first album. <laughs> For her website, Goop, which is also <laughs> unfortunate when you're talking about her vagina. And, of course, it is sold out. 
Oh, of um, course it has, you idiots. The Beagle Bugle writes, Has any sweaty love box ever been as fruitful as Gwyneth Paltrow's? It has birthed discussions on vaginal steaming, vaginal jade eggs, $15,000 dildos, something called sex dust, and a photo of Gwyneth standing in a giant vagina to advertise some Netflix documentary. Wow. Gwyneth has now made a candle called This Smells Like My Vagina. It's priced at a comparatively bargain $110 Australian. <laughs> Which is pretty much what the sex dust cost. I'm going to start marketing my earwax. But Gwyneth's... Uh, I'll make sh- a fortune. Gwyneth's shaft sheath hasn't <laughs> always been a winner. In 2018, when her near-notorious wellness company, Goop, was fined under California's penalties so penalties for laws for making what was described as unsubstantiated marketing claims about a jade eggs. It turns out, incredibly, that shoving a random object into your vagina won't balance your hormones, regulate menstrual cycles, prevent uh, uterine... Prolapse and increased <laughs> bladder control. Never thought I'd be saying uterine prolapse on this show, but we whatever. We need to speak to an expert here. Let's get Braithen Astor on the line. <laughs> get the doctor. He's not a doctor, but neither is Gwyneth. Have a look at it. Um, uh, Goop is worth more than a quarter of a billion dollars. What? How? Largely because of Gwyneth talking about her meat drapes. Okay. And now it has answered perhaps the greatest question of all. What does Gwyneth's front bum smell like? <laughs> Apparently the answer to that question isn't Chris Martin's cock. <laughs> <laughs> According to the candle, it is a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. A mix of geranium, citrusy bergamot, uh, cedar, uh, and cedar absolutely juxtaposed with damask rose and ambret seed. Wow. And I'm just glad, Sid, it doesn't smell like one of her movies. Imagine <laughs> if the old Paltrow cock glove stunk it up like Hello, Shallow Howl or Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> You wouldn't go within six feet of it. That stinks. Both of them stink. As I said, Goop is worth more than a quarter of a billion dollars, largely because of Gwyneth talking about her vagina. So no wonder she has a smile on her face. Maybe that's just because of the vaginal egg. (laughs) So light. So light. Sorry. So light that candle, breathe deep, and accept the facts that this is Gwyneth's vagina and Chris Martin's cock. uh, And the rest of us just live in it. Yeah, well, look, I bought one. I brought it into the studio. (laughs) How is it? Let me just light it for you. Oh, kind of smells like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> smells. Like, Google yes. that, everyone. <laughs> smells like uh, the fish markets. <laughs> but uh, this, this really gets my goat former. Hang on, tastes like chicken, but whatever. This really gets my goat. So I've written a new jingle, and I'm going, going on a rant. This really gets my goat. I am so sick of two-bit celebrities giving me advice, former. No one gives a fuck what Madonna, Ellen, Kate Blanchett has to say about anything, anything, former. Mm. You sing songs or you're on the telly, I don't care what you've got to say about world events. You are not an expert. And spare me the health advice on sticking a jade egg <laughs> up your meat sleeve. This week, your mate, former, the two-bit celebrity chef and all-round flog Pete Evans oh, mate. was at it again. Don't start me on this, Blake. He is spooking, no good. Spooking a $15,000 light machine that he claims protects you from coronavirus. This fuckwit <laughs> is endorsing the biocharger that looks like a blender with a neon <laughs> light inside it. And well, I'm sold. <laughs> Pete says when you turn on this contraption, you will feel revitalized. It gives you more energy. It keeps you focused. Makes you sleep better, makes you more flexible, and protects you from coronavirus. He also says he has a timeshare in Las Vegas he can sell you. 
So get on his website. These oxygen thieves need to stop. They're spruiking bullshit remedies just because they're a celebrity. I'm doing those air quote things, former. Stop exploiting the vulnerable in our society to make yourself rich, you pieces of shit. Also, while I'm on the topic, go over to our shop at www.fullcreditoftheboys.bigcartel <laughs> for a new product that I'm endorsing. It's called the Sid Punts Butt Plug. It's in the shape of my head, so it's pretty huge. <laughs> Got to work up to it. But it has an extra white flange, extra wide flange at the bottom. I know you like that, former. You've always got to have a wide flange. It also vibrates. It has also proven health benefits. It stops diarrhea when you put it in. <laughs> yeah. And it also stops users from getting leprosy, smallpox, and polio. So go get one today. It's cheap. FCTTTB sounds like too many T's to me. FCTTTB, yeah, that's definitely too many T's. Well, another coronavirus week, another coronavirus week without rugby league, Sid. So once again, let's step back in time. Well, let's not go too far back this time. Let's go back to round five. We were on uh, Eon Sports back then. <laughs> we were too. We shut them down. Round five, 2016. 2016, one of the great years. The Not year. for Eon Sports, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, but uh, well, push the button. Let's go. Back. Well, we will begin round five of 2016 on Thursday night when the South Sydney Bunnies uh, defeated Manny Warringah 16 points to 12 at Brookvale Oval. Um, it's been a mixed start to the year for South, but they got away with a tough win here at Brookvale, beating the Seagulls in a three tries to two arm wrestle in front of a crowd, of, a really strong crowd of 9,600 asbestos-lined fans. Huge crowd. Um, the Bunnies scored all of their points in the first half, including a double to Cam McInnes, and then withstood a persistent Manly who got to within four points after a sparkling Appy Coruscant solo try in the 55th minute. The Bunnies are now three wins from five starts and look poised to start a run towards the top eight. Yeah, they look good this year, the Bunnies former. And uh, this was a hard-fought win for them away against Manly. They've bought some gun players in the off-season, the Rabbitohs. They've bought Heimel Hunt, that's not rhyming slang, from the Storm. They've uh, brought back Sam Burgess from a very successful season at Bath Rugby How'd in the UK. Him? How'd they get him? <laughs> it was late-night meetings with his mum. But uh, <laughs> they've picked up this new bloke. Damian Cook, who has played nine first-grade games. Not a lot of people know much about him. Mm. Nine first-grade games over three seasons at St. George and Canterbury. Both clubs didn't rate him. He's pretty quick, though. He was a state champion in the New South Wales Life-Saving Championships in beach sprinting. Are you breaking that here? I think uh, uh, nobody knows about him. So I'm breaking it here in 2016. Round five. So hopefully he can have some success because uh, St. George and Bulldogs say that he's, he's no good. No good. Hmm. So let's hope he has some success well, both, those, both those clubs, no talent when they see them. Yeah, that's I, right. It's, I, a, it's a risk surprise, for the Bunnies. Surprise sighting for the Bunnies. Yeah. Now, new signing, Dylan Walker, had a solid game for the Manly side against his old club, including a nice try in the first half when he stood up Bunnies gun winger Michael Oldfield. It's been a slow start for Walker on the Northern Beaches since last year's scandal where he overdosed in his apartment with fellow South player Aaron Gray. Uh, he seems to have got his life back on the straight and narrow, Sid, saying he spends most of his time not partying anymore, just playing Xbox. Joking, 
I spend hours playing video games online. It's almost impossible to get me off the thing. Well, that'll keep him out of trouble. But the Bunnies, they got rid of him last year because he was a bad influence on clean skins like Kurosum Alvar. No. Alvar. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it. Aaron Gray. Yep. Heimel Hunt. They made a movie about him. And Greg Inglis. All of these guys are clean skins and all really good blokes. <laughs> And they just couldn't have a bad influence at the Bunnies like Walker. So they got rid of him. But it seems like he's uh, turned over a new leaf. He really has. Now, despite, to despite local member Tony Abbott losing the prime ministership to Malcolm Turnbull, assurances have been made that both the Manly side and the Manly Council that the promised $30 million renovations to Brookvale Oval will begin later this year. I've seen the plans. It looks good. It looks it's exciting. It's going to be great. Uh, and it'll turn the ground into a showpiece for the area. All new grandstands and player facilities will bring the ground into the 21st century and ensure the viability of the club. And on the field, it's also exciting times with one of the very best young coaches in Trent Barrett, who seems to be very popular with Manly fans, I've got to say, yeah. and a very talented list. It'll be a brave man to tip against the Seagulls, making a huge run at the title in the next couple of years. Yeah, well, it's been an up-and-down start to the season for the Eagles, but with, uh, as you say, new coach Trent Barrett at the helm, they look like they'll have a bright future. He's done a absolute total clean out of the manly manly facilities he's even brought in his own garden chairs as he looks to put his stamp on the place he's already got rid of some players that he said will not cut it in first grade and he's a good judge in the off season he let go chase blair to melbourne yep michael cheekham to the tigers no good and clint gutherson to Parramatta. that's a good i think they're no names they're no names but he has signed fabian goodall from the eels strong Mate, I know he got a better deal. I know I'd rather have Fabian Goodall than Clint Gutherson, so he's he's scammed the Eels there. Yeah. But he's also signed Tom Wright from rugby. That looks an astute signing. And Tim Bolton, who last played first grade three seasons ago in 2013, but is sure to be a good buy for Manly in this 2016 season. Yeah, that looks strong, Manly. They're going well. Uh, Brisbane, 24, beat the Gold Coast Titans 16 on uh, good. Uh, sorry, on um, uh, April Fool's Day. On Friday night. At the, Friday night game for Brisbane. At the Bang Bus Super Stadium. The Broncos maintain their domination over Little Brothers, the Titans, getting away with an eight-point win at the Bang Bus Super Stadium in front of 21,000 fans, Sid. Huge crowd. The teams were rarely separated by more than a try throughout the whole game as the Titans pushed the Broncos' side. But a try as they might, they couldn't get their noses in front. Even Captain Greg Bird couldn't sniff out a try to get the Gold Coast a win. Yeah, they look good this year, the Titans. Uh... Everyone's second favourite team, I think it's fair to say. I'd say so. They've picked up Ash Taylor, stealing him from the Broncos on a massive deal, but well worth the money, I reckon. In this game, he kicked two goals in an outstanding display. (laughs) He's one to watch. And I said it at the uh, start of the season, the Tigers will give the the Titans will give this comp a red-hot shake. And you heard it here first, they'll win a comp in the next few years for sure. Oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not to look at this game and not mention the great game from fan favourite Darius Boyd. According to Full Crew the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, arms dealing Darren, and his Bible bashing brother, Psalm singing Simon, <laughs> it was a timely reminder to Maroon selectors that Boyd was dynamic, finishing with 12 tackles, 188 running metres, one try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bust. Yeah, it was a great performance from Darius Boyd. He moved to the Broncos last year following his father, Wayne Bennett, 
from the Broncos to St. George to Newcastle and now back to the Broncos. Uh, I think he's ready for the Inseparable, captaincy. Inseparable, you reckon? Those uh, two? I just think it's good for his career. I think he's ready for the captaincy up there at Brisbane, especially when you hear him speak in press conferences. Here's him a couple of years ago at the Dragons. This is a born leader, former. Up against the Broncos, mate. Excited about the facing the old mate? Yeah, can't wait. That excited? Yeah. Did you watch him play last week? No, I didn't. <clears throat> What's the strategy going into the game? Uh, I'll play that on Wednesday, I suppose. Have you scored another try? It was a good one? Yeah, it was a good one. Second one of the season. It's taken a little while, but you must be uh, keen coming into form right time of the season. Yeah, no, it was good. What are your thoughts on the way your team's going at the moment, Dave? Um, yeah, it was pretty good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Churchillian, I believe they call it. Yeah, uh, speaks e- well. Even though they copped the loss, there's a lot to like about the Titans and their future. They have a hard head captain in Greg Bird. They have a likely 10-year coach in Neil Henry. They have one of the sharpest halfbacks in Ash Taylor yep. and an origin second rower in Chris McQueen. Yeah. Not only are they in great spot for 2016, but it's a wonderful platform to be a league powerhouse for the next decade. Anyone who thinks the Gold Coast are anything like their previous incarnations up there is an absolute idiot. Yeah, I totally agree. The whole team seems to be getting along really well as well. We saw that last year, all the boys, they all went up to Greg Bird's wedding. Yep. Had, had a, a great, great time. time. They, uh, they've got a great culture at the Titans. They just need some good performances. Yep. Um, Melbourne. 18 were too strong for Newcastle, 14 at Amy Park on Saturday night. Uh, Project Rebuild might be over quicker than many people believed in the Hunter as the Knights pushed High Flyers the storm all afternoon before falling just short by four points. A second Cooper Cronk four-pointer proved to be the difference in the three tries to two storm win, although a dodgy penalty count also helped the home team. Nathan Brown is really starting to shape this list into his own. And even though they are just one point after five rounds, there's enough to say that they'll be more than likely pick up half a dozen wins at least by the end of this year. Yeah, Nathan Brown returns to the NRL this year as the head coach to rebuild the Knights. And he does so with some great credentials. I'm not sure they need much of a rebuild. They look good. Well, he's got the credentials on the board. He had a 52% winning record over five seasons as coach of the Dragons. Remember that? Yeah, I'm sold. Before moving to the Super League and having a 58% winning record at Huddersfield, two seasons at St. Helens, he had a 63% winning record. So Knights fans, you should be Get pretty, excited. You should be pretty confident that success will follow him to the Knights. Well, it's all been an upward trajectory here. As long as he doesn't flatten the curve, I think... <laughs> He'll go... Uh, what is that phrase? Well, Flatten the curve. Something I've heard of statistics. Mate, he'll do well up there. Cooper Cronk's try scoring at double cemented a game-winning performance according to Full Credit the Boys' backyard stats lab, throat-choking Charlie and his toey brother, Chode-choking Chuck. Cronk finished with a 40-20 to go with two tries, 42 tackles, 88 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. As a bloke who clearly... Or sorry, doesn't overly like the storm, I should say. One thing I can't deny is the great relationship Cronk has with other future immortal Cameron Smith. Yeah. The two look as close as teammates could actually but possibly be. It's um, hard to imagine a time where they're not together either on or off the field.
Yeah, well, they're in for a, yet another massive season, the Storm. And it's, as you say, it's off the back of their big guns. Billy Slater, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk. They are the best of friends. Cooper really is the glue that holds them together. Yeah, I think that's a very fair thing to say. I yeah, it's great to see Blakes, who have played their whole career together, stay together right to the end. Uh, Melbourne's rookie, Suliasu Vunavalu, achieved something new in the game. Vunavalu's 24th-minute try was the first time in his 11-game career that he scored just a single try in a game. Vunavalu has managed to go scoreless in just three games so far in his career, with him otherwise kicking off his NRL career the best way possible with five try-scoring doubles and two hat-tricks, and he's scored 17 tries so far in this season. Yeah, I'm not sure. We might have to check those stats, but um, they're calling him the Fijian flyer, Vuna Valu. That's, cl- that's catchy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was signed by Melbourne a couple of seasons ago at the age of 18, and uh, he's looking the goods. He really is. Next year in his debut season. Now, Cronulla, <laughs> 34, beat the West Tigers 26. Don't know what you're talking about. Me neither. At Campbelltown <laughs> Stadium on Saturday. Um, the Cronulla Sharks turned a halftime deficit into a win by beating the Tigers by eight points in an entertaining, high-scoring affair. It was five tries apiece, and only the sharp-shooting boot of James Maloney was a difference as the Tigers 5'8", Mitch Moses, had a shocker with just three goals from seven attempts. Once again, Cronulla were on the end of a lopsided penalty count, receiving five more than the very honest Tigers. While I don't like to bag referees, Adam Devich... And Chris James looked to be really enjoying the free schooners back at Cronulla Leafs Club after the game. Yeah, look, the penalty count, that doesn't really matter. The the fix was in in this one. We were always going to lose the Tigers. Um, I was at this game at Campbelltown. Mm. The locals were fuming after this result. Several cars were set on fire in the car park after this game. But apparently they were unrelated to this match altogether. <laughs> but Mitch Moses, he had a shocker. I've not seen him have a bad game former. The normally level-headed youngster, he lost his cool in this one, but he's a great player and he'll bounce back next week. He's got my full support. Mate, I, I really like Mitch Moses. Yeah. And, um, yeah every, look, every young bloke has, his, has a bad day, but I know as a lifelong Tigers man, he will be there for the, 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 well, the entirety of his career. You know that. So. You're not going to yeah. let him go. No. Nah. Um, and... Mate, there's not nothing else not to like about him. Is it too early to call him a future immortal? I wouldn't think so. Uh, once again, speaking of future immortals, the Tigers fullback, James Tedesco. I love him. Was the best player on the field, according to full credit of the boys' backyard stats lab, ass-kicking Carl and his weirdo brother, ass-fingering Phil. The man they call Teddy scored two tries and finished with 12 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. There's already talk about Tedesco's next contract, but only a dead-set idiot would think he would be disloyal to the Tigers and go anywhere else. Yeah, he's a special talent, Teddy. Uh, Menangle boy from the uh, Camden Rams, a St. Greg's Campbelltown boy, a Magpies junior, the Tigers. Where would he go? Mate, I mean, the Tigers have stuck by Teddy through injury. He famously, remember this, injured himself in his debut game. Absolutely. A couple of years ago. And then he broke down again in 2014. Here we are in 2016. We nearly lost him to Canberra. But the Tedesco family are proud locals down there at Campbelltown. And They'll mark stick, my he'll words, stick fat. He'll Teddy stick fat. will be loyal to the Tigers and repay the faith. And he will be the Tigers, New South Wales, 
an Australian fullback for years to come and probably win two premierships at least. Easy. Um, all we hear these days is bad news stories when it comes to off-field behaviour from yeah, players. that's true. And sometimes, you know what? It might be fair enough. But no one is highlighting the good news story, Sid, but we yeah. will. A fantastic story to come out of this game is the incredible charity work that Tiger Centre Tim Simona is currently doing. Mm -hmm. Simona regularly signs and sells his jerseys, his shorts, and even his socks after matches, often uh, giving paying fans the full Tim Simona experience by coming over to your house to collect the money for his Mm -hmm. nominated charity, the Queen of the Nile Foundation. He's a great bloke. Uh, great guy. I, I jumped onto his charity website the other day. Mm-hmm. I bought a few jerseys. They haven't arrived yet, but uh, it's for a great cause, and uh, it's we need some good NRL get, stories. Get around it, guys. I mean, this guy's he, he's really making a difference. Yeah. Uh, North Queensland, 36, were all far too strong for the St. George Dragons, uh, zero. They smashed them. Up there at uh, 1300 Cousins Stadium. Uh, the Cowboys absolutely steamrolled an awful-looking Dragons outfit, coasting to a five-tries-to-nil hammering in Townsville in front of 17,000 all-related fans. <laughs> there were early signs the Dragons were in trouble when they conceded the first two tries of the game but managed to maintain the 12-point gap at the halftime break. But after halftime, St George proved what a great motivational speaker Mary McGregor is, mm-hmm. conceding 24 more points without <laughs> bothering the score of themselves. The loss heaps more pressure on the coach, particularly as they have only scored six tries so far this season, with many saying saying they can't see him uh, in the job after round 10. Yeah, I think that's right, Former. He's been in charge now for two seasons, uh, taken over from that bloke that had no chin. This 2016 season will be his third at the Dragons. Uh, they snuck into the eight last year, St. George, Illawarra, but... Uh, in the off-season, they lost George Rose mm. and Trent Merrin. Well, there's, um, there's 300 kilos of talent there. Yeah, they picked up Khalifa Faifailoa and Tyrone McCarthy. Let's not forget Tyrone McCarthy. Well, that, that's a signing that everyone was going for. Yeah, but you know, the issue with them, I think, they seem to concede way too many tries from kicks. And if they don't give the comp a real shake this year, Mary might be on his way out the door down there. They don't suffer fools in St. George territory, no, it, let me tell and you. That's, that's sad for a, a bloke who was a, an Illawarra um, club legend. Yeah. I mean, but, geez, the future does not look solid And for a him. Mason. Uh, many of the Cowboys were in good form in this game, but Kyle Felt had a night to remember, according to full credit of the boys' backyard stats lab, baseball bat Barry and his very squeezable brother, softball Billy. Felt had a try-scoring double to go with 12 tackles, 178 running metres, Try assist, three line breaks, and one tackle bust. Yeah, I felt he had a great game. He was enormous, but uh, so was Jason Talmalolo. I know you love this guy, former. He had a great game in this one. Oh, I love him, mate. 39 tackles. Special talent, this guy. Including two try saver tackles from kicks from the Dragons to keep them to nil. He is an absolute gun. Uh, there are blokes that you see running around that make you think, geez. It's sad it's gone one or two seasons too long. Oh, in sport that happens But for, across the board. But for a bloke playing his 13th season, 13, mm. former premiership winning 5'8", Benji Marshall needs to recognise that he's only doing harm to his legacy by persisting in prolonging his career. I think that's fair. The only time he's looked more lost than right now was when he tried his luck in that world of stand-up comedy. Sorry, I mean rugby union. <laughs> right now... He's taking the place of a possible young gun, and it's obvious Mary McGregor is too nice of a bloke to give Benji the tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Much like his coach, 
If Benji makes the end of this year, mate, it'll be a genuine miracle. Mate, it's 2016. Let it go, Benji. You've had a great career. Just retire gracefully. It's a shame you have to retire at St. George, but just let it go, bro. The Warriors, 32, were far too strong for the Sydney Roosters, 28, at Central Coast Single Mum Stadium. This was a cracking game of football. It really was. The Warriors got their second win of the season with a high-scoring, entertaining battle against the Roosters up at Single Mum Stadium on the Central Coast in front of 10,000 fans. Defence was optional as these two title heavyweights put on a 10-try display. Incredibly, the loss puts the Roosters at zero wins from five games, a record that the modern-day Roosters will probably never eclipse again. In fact, for the good of the foundation club, Sid, I think it would make sense that if this record looks to be in danger in the future, then we should stop the comp until we figure a way out to get the Roosters back into the winning column. Yeah, they're in all sorts, the Roosters, uh, due to the fact that their star halfback, Mitchell Pearce, is currently suspended for rooting a dog on Australia <laughs> Day. And, uh, some We've key, all been there. Some key injuries, uh, but they are 0-5. And uh, Nick Politis has already asked if they can just start the season again. Yeah, nothing should count from the first five weeks. No, I don't think so. Uh, Roger, two of us are Sheck has been in scratchy form since he joined the Warriors this year. But according to Full Credit the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, Tomahawk Terry and his brother with an inconspicuous haircut, Mohawk Mike, he saved two... Sorry, he saved some of his best form for his first game against his old club. RTS scored two tries as well as 16 tackles, 198 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Look, he had a great game in this one, uh, but he will be glad that he's left the sinking ship that is the Roosters... (laughs) and has joined the Warriors that are on the up. That's he's, right. He's a great player, RTS. When he's on, he is on. Or well, when he's he on, the Warriors are one. on. Yeah. Uh, since winning his first season as a coach in 2013, Sid, Trent Robinson's statistics have been on a steady and noticeable decline. His team's chock full of talent were bundled out of the uh, finals in 2014 and yes. 2015. Yep. And they are genuinely a 1,000 to 1 to make the eight this year. And before people say that this is me having a crack at the Roosters, I say... Go and check out Twitter, where there are dozens of their fans saying the Robinson has to go. Much like Ricky, who began with a premiership over there at Sydney Roosters and then two failed semi-campaigns before missing the eight and getting the chop, Robinson looks to be repeating history. And can I tell you one thing as fact, Roosters fans? You can get your eyes off Jason Taylor. He's not for sale. No, but it would be a good option. But uh, they don't suffer fools lightly. Uh, If they don't make... They won't make the eight. If if they if they don't, he'll be gone, Robinson. I think their forwards are lacking. How can we said you start this, off winning a comp? We said this at the beginning of the year. We, I can't see the Roosters' forwards improving this year. No. And uh, they're now 0-5. We, we picked it. Yep. They're in decline. Um, the battle, the local battle, uh, Penrith Panthers 20, beat the Parramatta Eels. Battle of the West. Um 18. Was this at the foot of the mountains? It was at, it was at the foot of the mountains uh, in front of 15,000 fans. Uh, Penrith fell over the line to beat the Dildam Parramatta Eels out at Pepper Stadium, winning in a four tries to three arm wrestle. The Panthers did it the tough way, scoring two tries in the final five minutes to beat the Dildam Parramatta Eels, including a final minute try to future superstar Bryce Carthright. Mate, he was enormous in this game, Cartwright. Two tries to the hard-working second rower slash 5'8". I'm not even sure he's found his spot yet. No. But it must be tough for players who are from famous rugby league families, always thinking, am I good enough? 
or am I just getting picked because of my uncle who was a gun player? Mm. In Bryce Cartwright's case, former, it is because of his uncle. <laughs> it was a rare game for the Dildam Parramatta Eels. Semi Rad Radra. What does Dildam do? Did anyone ever find out? <laughs> I'll have a look into it. Uh, one uh, hot tip is they don't pay their bills. But anyway, whatever. Um, Sammy Radradra, who failed to score a try in this one, but it might have been because his mind had been distracted during the week uh-huh. when he announced that he was changing his International Rugby League allegiances to Australia from Fiji. Whilst he's not eligible to play Origin, he will pull on a Kangaroos jersey later in the year. That's weird. And he said in a press conference, and I quote, I want to be known as the best Fijian rugby player around the world. I want to be playing with all the top teams. Now, I'm pretty sure he meant to say Fijian rugby league player, Sid, but whatever. Mm. This is great news, not only, for, not only for kangaroos, but also for the sport of rugby league in general. Well, they call him the Fijian flyer, former. <laughs> Maybe they should call him the, I don't know, Australian flyer. Doesn't really have the same ring to it, but uh, great player, Radradra. The Dildam flyer. And uh, <laughs> good bloke too, they reckon. Absolutely. Yeah. Bloke. Yep. Uh, gentle. Uh, there is a real synergy over at the Panthers. It looks as though everyone from the on-field talent to the footballing staff are all on the same page. Captain Matt Moylan is proving to be a very popular leader amongst his teammates. They love him out there, and Panthers. The, and the, the two, foot of the mountains. The two top dogs, Coach Anthony Griffin and CEO Gus Gould, look to be as close as any two senior figures could be in this competition. Yeah, I think that's fair. Things look very good at the foot of the mountains in 2016, and that elusive third premiership could be closer than many people think. Yeah, look, I think that's right, former. Gus Gould has a plan at the foot of the mountains, and as far as I can see, they're on track. Yep, I don't see. Um, I think they'll be there when the whips are really cracking. Canberra. 22 were far too strong for the Bulldogs. Eight at Belmore Sports Ground on Sunday. Uh, the back to Belmore exercise failed to pay off for the Bulldogs, going down on a real upset to the Raiders in a rare Sunday night game in front of 13,000 fans. Good crowd out there, Belmore. Yeah. That's good. In fact, the Raiders rarely look troubled, scoring three classy tries and enjoying the fruits of Jared Croker's laser boot, who kicked five from five. Incredibly, the loss slips the dogs from competition leaders to fifth as the Raiders maintain their spot just behind the storm. 13,000 fans at Belmore. That is great. I think, well, I like the return to Belmore idea. I think it's got legs, former. Mm. It was the uh, brainchild of CEO Railing Castle, and it's a winner, man. The dogs are looking on the up with Des Hasler, their coach bringing in some new blood to the doggies for the 2016 season. In comes Craig Garvey. Brad Abbey and Will Hopawati. Mm. Out goes. Hopawati. Out goes That's numpties. a risk. It's got to be surely a risk. Well, it's risky, but it's from good bloodlines. But out goes absolute numpties. Corey Thompson, Damian Cook, Tim Laffey. They are on the up, the doggies. Yvonne Sampson did a piece on Channel 9's Sunday footy show in the off-season that showed Sam Cassiano has dropped 13 kilos and has been training the house down all off-season. That's the seventh year in a row Cassiano's dropped 13 kilos. He must have had some to work with. Um, The previous mention, Jared uh, Croker, sorry, had a whale of a game, according to a couple of the girls down at the full crew of the boys' backyard stats lab. Dirty fighting Fiona and her heavy weak sister, Dirty Pad Penelope. Croker finished with 18 of the Raiders' 22 points to go with 18 tackles, 98 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bust. Very consistent, the NRL uh, website with their statistics nowadays. 
He is an absolute gun, Jared Croker. He played for the Prime Minister's 13 last year and the NRL All-Stars. I'm telling you now, he is not far away from a Blues jerseys, I reckon. Put oh, your house doubt. on it. He is a gun player. I'll tell you what, if you just want to blo- make blokes to make a fucking jet- dead set obvious statements, Sid Punts is your man. Tony Williams is a walking illustration of the brilliant salary cap management both Des Hasler and Raylene Castle have over there at the Bulldogs. Williams, who came to the Dogs from Manly for $600,000 a year, had another huge game with a season-high two tackles, Four hit-ups for 12 metres, zero offloads, zero line breaks, and zero tackle busts. Big numbers. The Williams-Castle-Hasler combination will outlast time itself if many experts are right. And many teams, and indeed codes, will be very jealous of not be, uh, not only their talent identification, but also their ability to do great deals. Wowee, Sid, have you heard two blokes get more stuff right than Mate, that? we were on the money back in 2016, Wacky weren't dude. we? But, um, well, enough of that and enough bit of this. I just thought we'd do a timeline of this week's uh, major events around the NRL and their uh, proposed restart date. Yeah, sure. Um, Bundle it all up for us. Go. At, at the end of the show... If you want to listen after the closing thing, there's yep. uh, what I, you, <laughs> both of us. Yeah, both of us. Think of the way things have played out this week. But um, let's start on Wednesday and the Rugby League via um, hired gun Wayne Pierce have announced a 28th of May hopeful Restart date, Sid. You know my opinion on uh, Wayne Pierce and uh, Project Apollo. Yes. If ever there was a brains trust, someone should be in charge of. Wayne Pierce is the man. That's right. Now he was pretty light on detail. <laughs> he just proved my point right there. <laughs> which wasn't but, a uh, was, but which, to be which, fair, was, which wasn't a stretch for him to be honest. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> details change. At a moment's notice, so it's hard to come out with a plan and have all the answers. We don't know what's going to happen. That's right. And I think they didn't want to... But at least they've got a plan. At least they're heading towards a common goal. Can I put it that way? That's right. Thursday, um, after the, the big... is still beyond Wayne Pierce, but anyway. After the stunning announcement from the NRL that they hoped to be back by May 28, Channel 9 had a swipe at the NRL. Yes. In an explosive statement, according to Channel 9, a Nine spokesperson <laughs> said, and that's right, it's not a tribute to anyone, at Nine, we had hoped to work with the NRL on a solution to the issues facing rugby league in 2020, brought on so starkly by COVID-19. But this health crisis in our community has highlighted the mismanagement of the code over many years. Nine has invested hundreds of millions of dollars in this game over decades, and we now find that they've profoundly wasted those funds with very little to fall back on to support the clubs, the players, and the supporters. In the past, the NRL have had problems, and we've bailed them out many times, including a $50 million loan to support clubs when the last contract was signed. It would now appear that much of that has been squandered by a bloated head office completely ignoring the needs of the clubs, players and supporters. We now find ourselves with a contract that is unfulfilled by the code. We hoped we could talk through a long-term plan. Um, as I said, listen to the end of the show for what we actually think of all that. Channel 9 should not be throwing stones about wasting money. They funded Here Come, Here Come the Habibs. 
Well, they sacked Carl and then rehired him and yeah. had to pay him out the first time. They so. actually thought, hey, hey, it's Saturday would work in the uh, 2010s. <laughs> they they kept paying Sam Newman a wage when all he was doing was stealing oxygen for the best part of a decade. But we've got more to say about that at the end of the show. Friday. <laughs> Stick around and have a listen if you want. And I don't care. A number of little-known Channel 9 employees put out a similar tweet at around the same time of the day after New South Wales Health Minister and Minister for Cruise Ships, Brad Hazard, <laughs> Um, when he said he hadn't spoken to anyone from the NRL for weeks. Hazard by name and hazard by nature. And as I said to you before, and I'll say again, and I'll say until the cows come home, if I was going to announce something, I wouldn't be looking for Brad Hazard's endorsements right now. In no, fact, I'd be steering clear of him in every known way possible. It's like if Pete Evans endorsed something. <laughs> Saturday. Got more to say about that later too. Ned Philanders has outlined the league's plans to ensure the health and safety of the NRL's return and also says the NRL will be be meeting with Nine this week as well as Fox. Yeah, well, Ned will be meeting with Nine. Todd. (laughs) Todd, he's off to Fox. I think Ned's taken Rod. I don't don't know where Rod's going. (laughs) I think Rod's going to um, SBS. Uh, For all all their barking about things... um, yeah, I think Channel 9. I think there's a power play going on. Oh, do you think? Where uh, Todd's not even going to Channel 9. But mm. anyway, let's see how it pans out. It's changing by the minute. These are unprecedented times for me. Sunday, and according to Channel 9 this is, rugby league guru Phil Gould penned a scathing hit job on the NRL where the former Penrith Supremo accused top officials of shambolic Financial mismanagement. He'd know at Panthers. Gould's stunning accusations of the NRL treating the Nine Network like its personal piggy bank comes just days after the Nine sensationally launched a public attack on the NRL in a statement that accused the game of squandering millions in broadcast revenue. Gould claims Nine's power play is entirely reasonable when considered against the NRL's latest request for a financial lifeline. The 61-year-old on Sunday accused the NRL of habitually turning to the broadcast partners Nine and Foxtel for cash advances and cheap loans, even before coronavirus restrictions suspended the 2020 season and left the game in a perilous financial position. In a weekly column for the Sydney Morning Herald, Gould portrayed the NRL as irresponsible and staggering, uh, with staggering financial mismanagement. If you knew the real truth behind the NRL's financial management over a long period of time, you would be shocked, he wrote. If you knew the number of times the NRL has had to lean on broadcasters for advances, loans and renegotiations of their existing contracts to make up their financial shortfalls, you would be staggered. What I also would be staggered with, Phil, is the fact that this has never been mentioned until 24 hours after the NRL tried to get back on the field. Yeah, well, I, um, I've got a few issues with that. Um, obviously, Gus has a great track record with the financial management of the Panthers, but... Who does he actually work for now? He uh, Nine. Channel Nine. Holy solely employed by Channel Nine. I rest my case, Your Honour. Um, so that's that's where we'll leave all that. As I said, after the show, if you want to listen. If you don't, that's cool too. Um, if you're more into sex robot talk, I understand that completely. <laughs> um, other news to come out of this week. Rooster's boss, Nick Politis, the fair-minded Nick Politis, yeah. has called for all competition points won in the opening two rounds to be wiped ahead of the re- season restart on May 28, and fans weren't happy. Project Apollo was considered the ideal idea of splitting the 16 teams into two eight-team bubbles and wiping all points to start from scratch, but after an uproar from fans, uh, Peter Philandis said stripping of the points was 
off the table. However, Politis has demanded a clean slate. He said, if you change the draw, you've got to start again. If the current points are to stand, we have to play over a full season. It's like changing the race from a Melbourne Cup over two miles to a Doncaster over one mile after it's already started. It becomes meaningless and well, it's makes not it, like that at all, but keep going. It becomes meaningless and makes it almost mathematically impossible for the bottom sides to make the top four, which is where I think there we're, it is. There, we're there getting, it is. Just scratch the surface. Ding ding ding. <laughs> he also complained that the Roosters rested Boyd Cordner, Cordner, should say, sorry, um, in the first two games because they assumed that there'd be a full season. Well, you'd have to be Nostradamus to think this season might have been in jeopardy, and you'd also think that starting with like a house on fire, probably wouldn't hurt given that there might be an abbreviated season. But anyway, Nick. People make decisions all the time. You've got to live by it, Nick. Yep. Um, Did you see him on TV the other day? No. Nah. He looked sad or or happy or nonplussed. I can't tell. <laughs> Jeez, he's had some Botox. Uh, the Dragons have been made aware of an incident on Friday at the home of Tim Laffoy. Foxsports.com.au reported that the Samoan International was taken to hospital after police were called to his property in Wollongong, where he shares, uh, sorry, which he shares with his wife and four children. According to the NRL, sorry, to the report, New South Wales Police will allege Lafay and wife Jackie argued over claims the NRL star chose not to spend time with his children, choosing instead to train inside his home gym with a friend. It is understood that Lafay was intoxicated when the incident happened. He's alleged to have punched walls with his fist. Police will reportedly allege he was spotted at the scene with blood on his knuckles. There's no suggestion Lafoy had been violent towards his family, thankfully. Um, he faces a charge of an apprehended violence order after damaging property's home. He will face no other charges. Look, it's tough when we're all isolated at home and you've got to homeschool kids and, you know, you just got to try and make the best of it. He actually was treated for injuries. This is not a joke. Mm. He was treated for injuries to his hands and his forehead where he smashed through Jiprock. He's lost the plot, but uh, it's I good. hope, I, in, like we said, all jokes aside, and this is not really time to be throwing jokes around. We're not joking about this. But um, I just hope that, first of all, I hope his family is well. I also hope that he gets well. Um, I believe he's checked himself into hospital. He has indeed. Uh, so, like I said, no time for jokes. I sort hope, yourself out. I hope things turn out for the best. Johnson, the for the heavyweight championship. Of the world! This is a famous victory Sports News. AFL. Clubs are now planning for a potential AFL season restart in late June, according to 7 News Melbourne. Hope Channel 9 get on to this. The AFL season has been suspended until at least May 31, with league hierarchy already reducing the season to 17 rounds. The initial hope was clubs would return to training by May 4, then resume the season later that month. However, the AFL is set to provide further advice and guidance to clubs on April 27. Channel 7 reporter Tom Brown said the AFL was being a lot more cautious than the NRL, but added the current view was it's realistic the season could recommence in late June. So late May is abhorrent and we can't imagine that, but late June, green light, everyone continue. Well, you know what I've heard? Mm. The AFL has not had one meeting with Brad Hazard yet. <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> Why and, isn't Channel and, 7 and reporting for that. this? Uh, Carlton Chief Executive Kane Little told 7 News Melbourne, we've been pretty honest with our players to say that our view is in those time frames at this point and they might still be a little ambitious. Yeah, look, we all want sport to come back. Um, 
whoever gets off the ground first is going to have a winning model. They're a little bit uh, different, the AFL, that they've got 10 out of their 18 clubs in Victoria. Victoria's been a bit hard-ass, mm. but um, look, let's hope we get all sport up and running. If it's safe to do so, if Brad Hazard says, we should all be fine. Wouldn't be seeking Brad's advice. <laughs> um, rugby. Rugby CEO. Remember rugby? Ray Lane Castle. <laughs> and then we laughed and laughed. Won't rule out claiming a $114,000 bonus from what? last <laughs> from last financial year as rugby battles through the financial impacts of the coronavirus. Right. More front than Woolies. Um, according to Sydney Morning Herald, Castle confirmed the bonus had been awarded but not yet paid and was on top of a base salary of $775,000. Wow. Rugby Australia awarded itself a controversial score of 72% in a self-audit scorecard last year. Don't you love it when you can self-audit at work? Ask me. I, like, I would have got higher than 72 if I was self-audited. At the end of this show, I'm going to self-audit my efforts on this show. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll give you a rating and you give yourself a rating. Let's see. I'm pretty I, sure your rating of yourself will be higher. I've got some footy tabs out on mine. Um, that score game, despite a $9.4 million loss for the financial year, wow. the Israel Folau scandal, and it's a disappointing Wallabies performance in the Rugby World Cup. Castle told Herald, the Herald she would not claim the bonus at this stage while she has now shaved 65% off her salary. I wondered from, where you were going with that. Up from 50%. Uh, but she would not promise to cash in the bonus in the future. Look, this may be controversial, former, but she deserves it. We wouldn't even be discussing this if she was a man or if she was a competent CEO. UFC. The UFC will have a fight island ready to stage events ready within a month. I love this. According to President Dana White, fruitcake, he told ESPN, that's why I'm telling all my guys not to worry because Fight Island is going to happen. I love the idea of Fight Island. All the infrastructure is being built right now and getting put in place. As we get closer to that, I'll start figuring out booking fights and getting guys ready. Plus, I can ship guys over there earlier and they can start training over there on the island. So once that's all in place, we're looking at like a month. And I'll have that all put together and the guys can start training and go in there. I'm sure people are going to be ready to get out of their houses in another month, are you? And go to an island somewhere and train. No one knows the location of the fight island, but fans have speculated that it could be off the coast of California. We will be the first sport back. No, you won't. He insisted. Fight island is real. It's a real thing. The infrastructure is being built right now and that's really going to happen. And it'll be on ESPN. I think this is a great thing. Epstein had an island. He's not using it anymore. Um, I spoke to you about this off air. I am of the opinion that all sports should get up and running in any way, shape, or form that they can. I actually love UFC Island. You don't like it. No, I Why? don't like it. I Why? just, I think the sport, like I understand getting up and getting established. I totally understand that. I think that this will not work. I think, Why? I think if anyone knows UFC and watches UFC, it's not going to look good when you can hear blokes talking next to each other just outside the ring. It needs that atmosphere. It needs the crowds. It needs everything else. But remember that uh, reality show they did, UFC. Yeah, tough. The Ultimate Fighter. The Ultimate yeah. Fighter, which is great. Which is great. That, they they had bouts. Yeah, and they without... weren't as good as until they got to the finals when they were in front the of a two crowd. Two finalists on a fight actually night. went up. Yeah, but look, I get look, it. I like to totally get it. And look, I was, Go, go have a look at the WWE 
where that, they where they fought piss. where they fought in an empty stadium. That Actually, was yeah, I just ruined my <laughs> argument. That was so bad. It was so bad. It was a car crash <laughs> of epic proportions, and that's what I fear for the UFC. I've got I've got to be honest. That's what I've got in my mind. I happen to see clips of that. I can't yeah, stand the. UFC. I think I sent it to you. I can't stand the WWE, but it's no, it's but it was with, so bad with no audience. It, it, it's way worse. But I, I think the UFC could get away with it, and. Like I keep saying, I'm all for getting sport back up and running. There's only so many rough punts I can put on Nicaragua and Premier League soccer. Don't be so sure. You're so I got that leg up this week just quietly. Soccer. Spain is preparing a protocol for clubs to return to training with three proposed dates for La Liga to restart. The 28th of May, the 6th of June and the 28th of June. Matches are expected to be played behind closed doors and the European games would take place in parallel or at the end of the domestic season. La Liga has lost... 25% of its annual income in two months and that the cost of not renewing the season would be about 1 billion euro mm. or 880 That's pounds. bad management. Um, in the event of returning but behind closed door, La Liga calculates losses close to only 300 million as compared to 800, no, sorry, 1 billion. Yeah. Uh, President of La Liga, Javier Tabas, uh, continues to press for wage cuts but insisted the Spanish football would not seek state aid. He said the league would impress upon the government the need to return to action even without fans. Well, Peter Fitzsimons has come out saying that the Spanish league should get government assistance even though they are coronavirus hotspot. As long as the Spanish league, rugby gets government assistance and NRL does not, the pirate head will be happy. Finally, soccer. Um, Belar- the Belarusian Premier League, which we're massive fans of this yes, week, yes. have um, debuted a uh, virtual spectator option where you can pay 26 Australian dollars to have your face stuck to a mannequin in the crowd. They've pinched this idea from uh, the Mal Meninga. The Titans. The society. What does he call himself? The uh, performance and culture manager up there. It was his idea yep. to get mannequins. Uh, the same mannequins that voted him in for another three-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's pinching ideas from the NRL. The Spanish League is going to be up and running, hopefully by the 28th of May. The NRL is leading the world here. Mm. Yes. Are you having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, Bucks or Hens Night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom-made T-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. All right, Sid, we thought we'd debut a new segment. You gave me some homework and said, come on, Former, come up with some more content. Yeah, we need content. There's no footy to talk about. What are we going to do? So I said, make me a jingle. Use these words. Yeah, I did that. And I've just told you what my big plan is. Yeah, I wasted all my time on that jingle. This is a shit idea. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> 
this well, people- has winner written all over it. If this isn't used by commercial radio in two days' time, good morning, Triple M, um, <laughs> the, I will be shocked. This shocked, what, I tell you. This is one of your favourite things when we ring guests to uh, ask them this one question before we go to air. We often don't... And I always said, there's a segment in that. Yeah, we often <laughs> don't put it to air. In fact, do we ever put it to air? <laughs> no, no, sometimes I think not. we mentioned it at a live show that this is... His question that we open every conversation with. So this afternoon, you said, right, get your phone out. Let's ring people and do a quick one-minute ambush interview with all of them. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Broadcasting a, genius. It was a shite idea, but, geez, we had good fun doing it. <laughs> Here's the results. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Let's give that like a ring. You there? What was that? You there? Uh, Chris Walker, former uh, yes. Titans, Broncos, Eels. Uh, who else? Bunnies. Bunnies. Roosters. Roosters, Melbourne Storm. Chris Walker. It's just easier. This- it, it, it's easier to name the clubs that I didn't play for. <laughs> in these unprecedented times, Chris Walker, what are you wearing? Mate, I've uh, just walked out of my missus's uh, wardrobe and I'm wearing her G-string. So just the usual day for me. Oh, not this dream again. Thanks very much. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Hello. Jamie Soward, former premiership winner for the Dragons and Panthers star. How are you going? It's Sid and former full crew of the boys. Just Hello, want to mate. know one thing in these unprecedented times. What are you wearing? Uh, my missus J string. That's <laughs> <laughs> comfy. <laughs> All right, mate. See you later. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Hello. Craig Gower, former premiership winner for the Panthers and all-round great bloke. It's uh, sitting former full crew of the boys, brother. Just a quick question today. What are you wearing? I've got to be football kid on, actually. If I, can, I haven't got out of the house for about three weeks, so I thought I'd, I'd throw, throw the kid on again, you know? So I'm actually just going for a drive, just, uh, you know, pick up some couple of things. So, yeah, so been rem- reminiscing at home, mate, that's all. So, How's it fit? Oh, uh, no, no, she's a bit she's a bit tired. It's about just, I can't even get over your fucking head at the moment, you know? So, I'm good. All right, mate, talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. All right, boys. Hello, Scott speaking. Okay, Scott Sattler, former Premiership uh, winner for Penrith and all-round good bloke. Scott Sattler, in these unprecedented times, we've got one question for you. What are you wearing? (laughs) I'm wearing um, flip-flops. Yep. um, Speedos and a singlet. Nice. Is it a Bintang singlet? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. It's actually, I tell you, I've got a Penrith training single on from like 2002. I've still got it. Well, the pig told us he was wearing his plane kit still. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's your singlet fitting you? Uh, yeah, no, it's a, bit, it's, a bit loose. it's a bit loose these days. A lot smaller than what I was when I played. <laughs> well, he said the opposite. He, he couldn't get his, <laughs> he, he reckons he couldn't get his over his head. So, and Back when he was playing, they were baggy jerseys. So you're doing well, Sats. <laughs> Uh, All right, bro, that's it. We'll talk to you later. 
See you guys. Thanks, champion. Hello, mate. Hello, champion. How are you? I'm good, mate. What's happening? Robbie Kearns, uh, well, face of the Robbie Kearns Lounge at the Melbourne Storm and premiership winner and all-round great bloke. Robbie Kearns, one question is unprecedented times. What are you wearing? Jeez, uh, it's only early, so I'm not in my jammies. I've got a pair of boardies on, believe it or not. I'm in Melbourne and I've got boardies on. That's right. It's not three degrees. It's actually not, not too bad today. But uh, a pair of boardies and a, uh, a simple T-shirt, fellas. So I don't know whether that's good or bad, but uh, that's what I've got on at the moment. Is it a full credit to the boys' T-shirt? <laughs> uh, I haven't received it yet. It's in the mail, honestly. <laughs> All right, mate. Got to go. See you later. <laughs> See you, boys. Hello, mate. Hello, champion. How are you? Not too bad. How are you going? Marty Lang, all-round superstar of the Sharks and, of course, Penrith Premiership winner. In these unprecedented times, mate, I've got one question for you. What are you wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing exercise gear. Actually, it's a lovely afternoon here on the Gold Coast, so I'm, um, yeah, decked out in my uh, uh, exercise gear, which is about three or four years old. So, yeah, feeling pretty comfortable. Does Not- it involve spandex? Is it a yoga pants? <laughs> Are you picking your kids up? (laughs) That's that's, that's just for weekends. (laughs) All right, mate. We'll talk to you later. See ya. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? You're welcome, Australia. Mate, I thought that that was a stupid idea. Everyone's very busy, even though you'd think they've got nothing on. Everyone's very busy. Listen, if you think it was a good idea, let us know on the socials with a... Uh, oh, definitely. Hashtag, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. Let's make, what are you wearing? Trend. Trend. Um, but yeah, everyone is very busy. They're trying to eke out a living. So we thought, we'll just pick on you for a minute. For a minute. And, and so many of them said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so we might do that again if we get enough response. The other thing is... When you made me write that jingle, I'm like, I want to get you on the mic. So go back and listen to that jingle. <laughs> Former legend actually sings on a jingle for once. Ah, uh, more gold. Yeah, he um, made it worse than it had to be, but... All right, it's time for this. Need a sparky, then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. Yes, it's time for podcasting's number one segments in all the world, or segment in all the world. It's time for this. Yes, it's time for Grab a Mirror. There's a couple of easy rules to follow. Use the hashtags Grab a Mirror, hashtag GAM. Answer my uh, Twitter tweet, the Twitter tweet, <laughs> at uh, around 7.30 on Tuesdays. Uh, if my second one comes up, it'll come up at around 3.30. 
That's the best way that you're going to get noticed. Because You otherwise... said that these were simple rules. You're making it sound very <laughs> difficult. I made it hard on myself. But, Sid, I'm going to go first this week. Yeah, go first, Mix bro. it up go a little first. bit. You've earned it. You came out with that cracking new segment. Now go listen, first. Listen, I'm no criminal mastermind. But grab a mirror, bust a clam, and Anita Whiterbox. Who are they? Well, this man and woman have been arrested in Wichita early on Saturday morning. And as I said, I'm no expert. But I reckon I can point to a couple of places this budding modern-day Bonnie and Clyde might want to look at if they want to maintain their chosen profession of being pretend gangsters, especially if they keep on making fundamental mistakes like they did last week. Now, it seems in this era of worldwide lockdown and unprecedented times, unprecedented. Buster and Anita decided there's never been a better time to commit a home invasion. <laughs> Given that half the world is on edge, it is, Sid, and as they sit in their lounge rooms with their family instead of at the pub with the people they actually love, <laughs> I probably would have suggested that they look at a different time or a different crime. Yeah. Especially in the country with the highest levels of gun ownership. But fuck, what would I know? <laughs> so anyway, these criminal genii charged into the home of Harry Rump. Now, according to a press release sent out by the Horton County Sheriff's Office, the male suspect, Buster Clam, pulled a knife on Harry inside his home. But Harry, who's endured two weeks of isolation with his family that he doesn't love... He's cooped up. ...has probably been sweating on something like this happening and thinking to himself, imagine if someone came in right now. Uh-huh. Oh, boy, would I like that. That's what he's been waiting for. He did what all normal folk would do. Nah, he didn't reach for his gun, uh, especially when Buster pulled a knife on him. Harry did what we all would have done. And grabbed hold of his chainsaw he'd just been servicing in the lounge room <laughs> and charged at the pair oh. of imbecile crooks. Now, police report that Buster and Anita set a new world record over 800 metres as they ran like <laughs> dogs shot up the arse through Wichita. Deputies were able to locate Anita and Buster, mainly by the brown stains in both their pants, <laughs> at another home in South Range after an extensive search. 40-year-old South Range woman, Anita, is being charged with home evasion, while the 32-year-old... Warren man, Buster, is being charged with home invasion with felonious attempt, uh, assault. Both are lodged in the Horton County Jail. So grab a mirror, you fucking Mensa students. <laughs> but then again, good luck in your running races in Tokyo 2021. Equal 10. At <laughs> this bloke. Oh, fat boy chip man. At Todd Greasley, the greaser. Back again. The slime. Um, was in last week. Hashtag grab Good a work, mirror. Greaser. Hashtag grab a mirror at Buzz Rothfield. Put him in it. You Good. overgrown pubescent ass boil. <laughs> I know times are tough with no sport to comment on, but it doesn't mean you write stories about why ex players hate your guts or decked you in public. Hashtag everyone hates you. Hashtag except, except Stiletto's accountant. How good was it that he used the phrase ass boil that I coined last week? <laughs> yeah. Equal 10. At Eels, TCT, the Cumberland throw. Hashtag grab a mirror, old people. You say we can eliminate you for the sake of the economy? Why didn't you say so earlier? Both inheritance and political self-determination just to cuddle away. On that note, <laughs> shout out to all the girls who are getting paid to cuddle Buzz Rothfield. Hashtag two birds, one stone. Jeez, Buzz is copping it tonight. <laughs> I don't condone that at all. Equal. Said nobody ever. Oh, fat fingers. Ten. There we go. At efficient, not lazy. And I just think this is a reflection 
on how self-isolation is going for some of us. Okay. Hashtag grab a mirror Yoshi from at Yoshi Mario Kart, put him in it, <laughs> on Mario Kart on Wii. Why is it you can dominate the 50cc races, but as soon as you step up to the 100cc class, you're in all sorts of bother? Like a reform dealer, you've got no speed to offer. Hashtag Mario Kart, hashtag Yoshi, hashtag don't make me do, don't make me go with Diddy Kong. I've got no idea what any of that means. <laughs> it just goes to show people are struggling out there, struggling out there former. Equal 10. At We're here to help you guys. NRL underscore the profits. Grab a mirror Channel 9, put them in it. Not just for releasing a statement attacking the game that which we all love and failing to put a name to it, you gutless pricks, but for doing nothing to improve the game that gives you so much. Well, we've got more to say about that at the end of the show. Equal 10. People have long memories, former. At D Walton 992. Hashtag grab a mirror hot cross buns, you delicious devils. <laughs> Leave you in the toast of it two seconds longer than needed and you come out as black as tar. Oh, yeah, it's ruined. And leave my hands with second-degree burns. Totally agree. Who said that? Uh, at D Walton 992 Totally agree, Waldo. Ten. Equal. Equal. <laughs> at Ms underscore meh. Good friend of the show, Ms meh. Hashtag grab a mirror people. That's it. No. Uh, the beaches That's are good enough for me, man. <laughs> the, clu- the beaches are closed, yet there are so many people with sand in their vaginas. <laughs> Hashtag NRL is a business, not just a sport. Hashtag. Oh, thank you. Hashtag, That's what I've been trying to say. Hashtag no one cares if you don't like sport. Hashtag go get another soy macchiato from your <laughs> non-essential barista. Hashtag grab a hot cup of shut the fuck up while you're there. This is the point I've been trying to make and I get criticised because I ramble a lot because I have 19 beers when I do this podcast. Nine. And, and sometimes I'm dealing with quarter truths. At post feet. But the NRL <laughs> is a business as well as a sport. I'm in charge of this. I'll press nine now. Nine. Keep At going. post feet PLS. Okay. Hashtag grab a mirror. good. At Brad Hazard. Put him in it. All the good names were taken. For imagining he'd score political points trying to kibosh the NRL's return, NRL's return, only to find out it's all legit. He's just not important enough to be consulted. Hashtag get back in your box, you muppet. Hashtag let the boys play. Totally agree. We're big fans of Brad Hazard. Eat. At Lynn Scarer. Hashtag grab a mirror. Bishop Gerald O'Glenn. Put a story in there. Virginia pastor who defiantly held church services dies of coronavirus. <laughs> now you can ask the magic man in the sky why he didn't save your dumb ass from coronavirus. <laughs> he said, I'm immune. I'm immune from the virus. He's not saying it anymore, is he? Seven. At Biggest Faloo. Hashtag grab a mirror. Gladys, you sultry minx. Beraglickian. Bera- I don't even know who that is. Boris. Beraglickian. Oh, it's his sister, is it? Yeah. Appearing on telly at 8 a.m. weekdays, a vulnerable time even without <laughs> even without lockdown. Anyone who's searched office on certain sites know that jacket, etc., can be removed to show sexy lingerie underneath. Well, people are going crazy. <laughs> They're locked up. You're going crazy. Hashtag isolation uh, side effects. Phil, <laughs> that's your real name. Six. Well, if you like that name, you'll love this name. At Horatio underscore McMutt. <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror. Surely da- that, that is actually his name. Hashtag grab a mirror. David Riccio. Put David Riccio in it. Good. 
so you can realise that that thing resembling a dead cat perched on the back of your head is fooling no one. Lose the smother and enjoy being able to walk into a headwind once, <laughs> once more without looking like a peacock. Well done, Mootman. I'm not sure if we've had it, Mootman, before. But welcome. Welcome aboard. More of that, please. You, you fit in real well right, right around here. Five. At Sparrow and Vine says, Grab a mirror of the owners of the cruise ship, Greg Mortimer. If you're going to fill a vessel with coronavirus victims, then you could have named your boat after a proper player like Turvey. <laughs> hashtag Greg Mortimer. Hashtag Steve Mortimer. Hashtag was, was there a brother called Greg? There was a Glenn. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that cruise ship, all they do is hang around, infect each other and play shuffleboard. <laughs> Four. At for shits and gigs. Hashtag grab a mirror all the chicks on Tinder still hitting me up for a quick hookup. Oh, humble brag. That's a humble brag right there. Calm down. We're on isolation and lockdown, you horny bitches. I'm getting sick of having to come around to your house at night and teach you a lesson. Piss off. Hashtag Lord's work. Hashtag use protection. Hashtag naughty girls. Hashtag don't tell my missus. How did you you even allow that? That's a lie. All of that was lies. Slim pickings this week. Can I have a go now? Yes. That's traditionally how we work it. All right. Grab a mirror. This whole story, I don't even know who I'm picking on here. Who are you cheering for? No. But this is a headline that I saw recently. Pete Evans. Police <laughs> investigating hate crime after transgender woman was turned down for a porn role because she has a penis. Well, you can't get a prawn roll because you've got a penis. Did I say prawn roll or porn roll? Oh, porn roll. Sorry, mate. I misheard you. She got turned down for porn because she's a he. Anyway, Rhea Cooper became Britain's youngest trans person when she transitioned from male to female at the age of 15. 11 years ago, former. Hmm. Things were going along swimmingly for the former bloke. She was looking pretty on the Instagram when an anonymous photo- photo- photographer <laughs> an anonymous photographer messaged her saying that he wanted to have sex with her on camera. Mm. Cool. He also wanted to sell the resulting porno, but things took a turn for the worse. Is that social distancing? Yeah, this might have happened <laughs> a few weeks ago. Uh, but things took a turn for the worse when the photographer, Jonathan Milroy, claimed he couldn't work with her because, and I quote... You have a cock, he wrote to her. <laughs> Rhea, Rhea said she Look was... Out. Columbo's inside in the house. <laughs> Case <laughs> solved. Let's go. Rhea said she was shocked, appalled, and described the incident as discrimination. As Com- she stood to piss. Comparing <laughs> her situation to black people suffering from racism... <laughs> Yes, that's right, former. This is why Rosa Parks sat at the front of the bus. And remember when Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream? It was a dream about transsexual amateur porn videos. Rhea Rhea has stated... We have all had that dream. (laughs) Once or twice, you know. Especially if you get on the gin. I don't know why. Fuck it. It's, oh, it then you cry. <laughs> gin makes you cry. And then but, dream, uh, dream of trannies. But Rhea, the tranny, um, <laughs> has stated that this brief chat on Instagram has left her unable to work, has left her unable to sleep, 
and has had health ramifications, she can no longer get an erection for her. <laughs> but in his defence, John Milroy has stated that, <laughs> that he's not homophobic or transphobic. He said people can be whoever they want to be as long mm. as they don't shove it down his throat, <laughs> which seems to be the main crux of the issue here. So grab a mirror, Rhea. Whilst we all might lie on our resume from time to time, sometimes you are just not qualified for this job. Get over it. Three. At Geraldo underscore O. And he's put a screenshot of his iPhone that says, allow this device to access photos and videos, question mark. And he wrote, grab a mirror, the most scariest message ever when I plug my iPhone into my work laptop. <laughs> no, 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 shit, no, fuck. <laughs> Hashtag no one wants to see that. Hashtag sorry, minister. Hashtag sorry, Australian taxpayers. Hashtag thank you. Don't allow. It's risky working from home, bro. Stay safe out there. Two. At Triff81. Hashtag grab a mirror COVID-19. Since we're isolating because of your shit, I've learnt that I'm living with a woman and her young child. Turns out it's my wife and kid. They seem nice. <laughs> Hashtag looks like I'm off robber's dog now. Hashtag unprecedented times. <laughs> Very popular, robber's dog. What got number one this week? One. At. <laughs> at You've lost wait, it. It must be good. Wait, at R Meerkats. Hashtag grab a mirror. <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror. <laughs> Fat sign language interpreters with tuck shop arms. I'm trying to listen to important rotavirus updates, but can't concentrate with your fat flaps flipping and flopping. Hashtag cottage cheese. <laughs> I was watching one of those uh, press conferences the other day and it was like a NRL press conference where you, you can't hear the questions. But the sign language person is telling all the deaf people the questions. So if this wipes out the population, all the deaf people are going to take over for me. <laughs> They knew the questions. Advantage, we don't know. Advantage people with hearing aids. Can't you just put the text on? I don't understand why that person has to be there. Very distracting. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke said punt. Never have I been more excited about this segment. <laughs> How funny was that? Um, with thanks to bluebet.com.au, bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. Sid, I believe that you're very confident on a four-league multi over in the Belarusian soccer. Now, let's, yeah, uh, look, let look, our look, listeners look. in on how, hey, confident, hey, hey, how La- confident you really are. Well, last week, last week, my three-leg multi, you're loving this, are you? Last week, my three-leg multi... I backed the Nicaraguan football. You're a specialist. Why wouldn't you? That leg got up, but uh, the Belarusian soccer 
killed me. So one this team week. keeps killing you. What's Gorodaya. Gorodaya <laughs> killed me. So uh, just off air there, we were <laughs> looking at putting our bets on. Thanks to BlueBet. Thank you for putting the... Uh, I think it's not bets. 50... I think it's plural. It's just one bet we <laughs> well, usually have. It's, it's normally a $50 bet. Thanks to BlueBet. Um, but I went on there and thought, okay, these are the four. I'm going to four-leg multi this week. Which is confidence. I like that. Yeah. So I put it on and I thought, hang on a minute. Has BlueBet put the money in my account? No, it was my actual BlueBet account. So I backed this to the hilt. <laughs> I've put 50 bucks in my own cash along with along with BlueBet's $50. So I'm super confident. Get on there. Get bet, on before bet, the odds shorten. Sid's just <laughs> knocking the market around. I have just ruined the market. Get on there. Bet bet with Bluey. Bet with BlueBet. So this week, and you are loving every minute of it. Anyway, I've never seen a bloke <laughs> breaks bottom lip drop so quickly when he realised oh, he used on. his own cash. That's my cash. I won that fair and square on the weekend. I backed a few winners on the weekend. It's all gone now. Easy no, come, it's not. No, easy it's not. come, easy go. No, it's not. These are good tips. So what I've got, what I've gone with this week, thanks to Bluebet, Belarusian soccer all the way, four leg multi. Geez, I'm confident. <laughs> we're going. Or oh, you do. We're going energetic. Dollar eighty over Gorodea because Gorodea have killed me, but uh, Energetic are the outright favourites. A dollar eighty over Gorodea, four dollars thirty three. So then we're chucking all that into Dynamo Minsk at a dollar sixty one. I've had some success with them in the past. You love the Minsk. They're against Newman. Hello Newman. <laughs> They're five dollars fifty. Newman have got no chance. And I don't kick I don't, off now, Newman. You cheats. I don't really like going to draw in soccer. Having said that. Belshina Bobrusk versus FC Smolovic. I'm pretty sure that's not how you pronounce either of them. I'm going on a draw in that one. $2.87 for the draw. Money that's, for jam. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I'm going on a four-leg this week, as I said. 50 bucks of my money and 50 <laughs> of Blue Bet. I love the breast, former You're Dynamo a, Breast. Been a breast man for a long time. Dynamo Breast will absolutely sort out FC Vitebsk at $5.00. $1.66 Dynamo Breast. So if you put all them in together. Twice. With Blue- <laughs> you put a, all them in with bluebet.com.au. $13.80 Sid's Rough Punt. Energetic. Dynamo Minsk. A draw between Bobrusk and Smolovich. And Dynamo Breast to get us home at $13.80. $680 or something. Dan, Twice. If you want to bet, bet with the Australian blokes. Bet with bluebet.com.au. Bet with Bluey or download the app today. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke said punt. All right, let's do this. Love the sound, open the sound, empty the sound. The boy is sad. I've never seen a bloke so confident on a four-leg multi. <laughs> Mate, I can't retract it now, so oh, we're, we're on. Now, listen, it's we, we, we love our listeners and we particularly Absolutely, love we our members. Now, um, we got a hot tip today. We thought we'd put this down the back of the show. This is rock-solid mail. <laughs> Tell your friends if you want, but we thought the longer the, the hardcore listeners will listen to this bit. We've just got to try and keep it in the family. That's right. So... We already know that um, 
panic buying has seen new uh, newspaper as if toilet paper, toilet paper uh, <laughs> levels wish. levels at all time lows where you can't get a roll of shit tickets to save yourself. Yep. After that was um, flour and pasta. Pasta. Don't see the link, but whatever. That disappeared. We got a tip today from an economist mm-hmm. who said, "I will tell you, Sid Informer, the next panic bought item that it will be run off the shelves." Now. I'm not going to tell you how economics work, listeners, but maybe if you get in before everyone else, you might be able to make a few sweet coins yeah. on the side. Once the supply is gone, you could on sell what you've already bought. Buy, cough, cough, eBay. <laughs> you know, it's trying to help you out. So this guy said, as a rock solid guarantee, Full credit of the boys' membership packs 2020 are going to be panic bought. That's right. You will not be able to get them anywhere. Get them now. Get them now. If it's midnight when you hear this, get on to um, www.fullcreditoftheboys.bigcartel.com. Go there. They are 40 bucks. Yeah, 40 bucks. They are 40 bucks. Free They're postage. The best buy. It's like, you know, the show bag you're going to buy your kid this year, but the Easter show got cancelled? That's a good point. Buy this instead. The kid will be so happy with that bottle top opener. You know what? I'm going to throw in a special deal this week. Anyone who buys one, they get a Blue Bet Coldie holder. I've already paid for them for my bets. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even free to me anymore. <laughs> Muck that up. <laughs> but yeah, I've got a whole bunch of uh, Blue Bet Coldie holders as well. Get in early because they're going to sell out. Like we said, panic buying. Thank you uh, very much to Mayor Inc. for sending me a new shipment this week. If you hear this... But they will um, run out soon. Statman, Andrew, we've, we've tried two weeks in a row to catch up with you. This bloke is working 24-hour shifts, the poor off. bastard. Good on him. Um, and he's carrying his country. That's why you can get some shit tickets in Woolies these days, but not membership packs. Um, <laughs> go to Woolies and see if you can get a membership pack. You can't, I'm telling you now. Um, so... Andrew, there, are, there are no membership packs on the shelves at Coles not, or Woolies. Not, I can guarantee that. I went, to I Coles, went there today. I went to Coles today and there was just an empty hole where they yeah. should have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Andrew, we will catch up with you, mate. Uh, I hope you're doing well. We Take miss, care, miss talking to you. And I know that you've got stuff ready to go, but we just can't seem to get our um, paths to cross. Now, at the end of this show, there is a bit of a yarn that we, or a bit of an opinion piece that we put together about um, the last week or so in rugby league and the disappointment we have in one organisation. We don't profess to be uh, experts by any means, but everyone should be able to have an opinion. This is ours. Ours is coming up soon. And opinions are like bums. Mine's the best. Um, Well, yours stinks. Well, before we go, thank you very much to the boys who joined us on short notice tonight. Uh, Chris Walker, Jamie Soward, Craig Gower, the pig, uh, Kernsey, Robbie Kearns, Scotty Sattler, and Marty Lang, KD's. Thank you very much. KD's for brother. Taking our phone call. Yeah, boys. Champions. Thank you very much. We love all of you. Good to talk to you. Good to catch up with a couple, uh, with all of you actually yeah. tonight. Um, but Sid, before I go, here I go, here I go, here I go again. Girls, what's my weakness? Man! Man. Good night. Good night. Well, I'm sorry if this bores you. <laughs> and I promise that we'll get back to dick jokes as soon as possible. Normal transmission will resume. What's going to happen now? But Sid, I want to talk to you about um, Channel 9 and okay. their conduct this week. Yep. Last week, to fair to say, during the week, I was uh, disappointed in Channel 9. Mm-hmm. By Sunday... I wasn't disappointed. 
I was just filthy. Yeah, right. All started last Wednesday when the NRL had a press conference where Wayne Pierce, as the head of Project Apollo, announced that the NRL will return on the weekend of May 28, or that was their aim. Yep. Worryingly, the press conference was pretty light on detail, but as an NRL fan, I can't, uh, can't help but admit that I was a little bit excited, and it was great just to get some good news amongst all the doom and gloom we're hearing, especially as we just spoke off air in the, every, in, in the mainstream media. Yes. Uh, and we're living it every day right now. I'm pretty sure everyone could agree on that. Everything changes by the minute. I'm not actually angry that the press conference didn't have details, but at least they're trying they're showing to a direction. Get it, exactly. Trying to get the game back up. Now, I just want to stop here and I want to set aside the technicalities of how the NRL are going to make this work for a moment. Yep. Because what I will say is that it's hard to imagine the NRL has got to this point of making this announcement. They haven't dotted some of their I's and crossed their T's in dealing with the various health departments, experts and governments. Now, yep. I know it's ambitious, uh, maybe even overly aggressive, but for the sake of this conversation, let's just assume that they're going to show due diligence, which I think they will. Right? Yes. Because I think it's in their best interest. Absolutely it is. But it is worth remembering that the start date is still seven weeks away. Yep. And the date has obviously been arrived at based on statistics about with the trends of COVID-19 in this country and the way they are currently trending. Yep. Now, obviously, things can go pear-shaped in those next seven weeks, which would mean that the NRL would have to revisit this ambitious date of May 28. So, like I said, let's get back to... Let's set aside the complexities yep. the NRL are facing right now and how they're going to make this work for a moment. And I'm not downplaying them. Please don't get me wrong. They are huge. But I want to, what I want to talk today about is the reaction from Channel 9 in the past week. Um, so on Wednesday, we had this announcement. The NRL think they have a plan that will get the game to the return to the field by the last weekend in May. Thursday, we get an extraordinary announcement by one of the game's partners, Channel 9 who absolutely blasted the management of the NRL. The statement was labelled explosive and a bombshell by Nine News themselves. I was going to say, who was that uh, um, described by? Now, I just want to read it uh, or, or part thereof. Go for it. The, the statement did read, At Nine, we had hoped to work with the NRL on a solution to the issues facing rugby league in 2020, brought on starkly by COVID-19. But this health crisis in our community has highlighted the mismanagement of the code over many years. Nine has invested hundreds of millions in this game over decades, and we now find that we have pro- they have profoundly wasted those funds with very little to fall back on to support the clubs, the players, and the supporters. In the past, the NRL have had problems, and we've bailed them out many times, including a $50 million loan to support clubs when the last contract was signed. It would now appear that much of what, it has, what has been squandered by a bloated head office completely ignoring the needs of the club, players, and supporters. Now, curiously, this statement wasn't attributed to anyone specifically at Channel 9. And as far as I know, no one there is yet to put their name to it. Also curious about this statement was the motivation and timing of its release. Less than 24 hours uh, before, the NRL had finally had something positive for its fans. And yet, here we have one of the game's partners bagging the management and their ability to handle their own finances. Reading the statement, you have to wonder why Channel 9 would choose now to punch out the attack on the NRL. Now, before I go ahead, I actually agree that uh, the NRL has been poorly financially mismanaged. Look, but Everett, let, let everyone... me just, we'll cross that bridge in a minute, right? Okay. But you don't have to wonder too long when you see, wonder too long about the motivations of Channel 9. When you see a report in Channel 9's very own newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald, which states, and I'll read the headline, Channel 9 has told shareholders it will save $130 million this year if the NRL is cancelled. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, 
it's obvious that it's in best nine's best interest to shit can the comp and throw some shade on the NRL's optimism. Make no mistake, this statement and the subsequent actions from Channel 9 is all about saving themselves coin and lots of it. And I know that they have a, a responsibility to their shareholders and I understand, I get that. Uh, they want the competition to be cancelled for 2020. That part of that of this, I don't think is up for debate. But what? But if that doesn't happen, Nine will now go all out to renegotiate their current deal with the NRL for this year's TV rights, and it will lowball the NRL as much as possible. On Friday, Channel Nine trotted out one of the most blatant Twitter campaigns I've ever witnessed. Within the space of 25 minutes, at least half a dozen Nine employees eagerly tweeted out very, very similar posts about New South Wales Health Minister Brad the Ruby Princess Hazard um, <laughs> holding a press conference and stating that he's not spoken to anyone at the NRL for a few weeks when he was questioned. Now, immediately, a bunch of Channel 9 lapdogs punched out similarly worded tweets reporting the NRL's plans are in disarray because Brad Hazard knows nothing about it. Now, right now, Sid, yep. I wouldn't ask Brad Hazard for a Band-Aid. Yeah, it's alone, not an endorsement, is it? Let alone consult him about the logistics of returning the NRL to the field. Can you just imagine if the NRL came out and said, we've spoken to Hazard and he's on board and he's the guy that's also going to help us back in our plan. The people it would trade away. It must be a bad s- idea if, Brad, <laughs> if Brad's on board. Well, that's, that's the obvious return, isn't it? Oh, the, the Ruby Princess guy. Oh, he's yeah. back in it, is it? Yeah, good, good plan, Volandis. I would not be tagging my name to Brad Hazard for the next two or three years well, because I, I think he's got a lot of fucking mountains he's going to have to face himself. I've got two issues with the things you've just said there and yep. I actually agree with you but there's two points I want to make first one the mismanagement of the NRL that's fine and we can have that argument and we can discuss that and I've been vocal you've been vocal about the NRL mismanaging their funds but why is Channel 9 bringing that up now that's my point they less than 24 hours after the NRL said we're going to get back on the field Channel 9 made this right. explosive their words not mine uh-huh. co- comment on the NRL's financial abilities. Exactly. This is the only sport in the world that's trying to get back up and look well, after their shareholders, which Channel 9 is saying we've got to look after our shareholders. Channel 9 is a shareholder in the game. The Rugby League would be negligent to not try and get the game absolutely. up and running so that Channel 9 can uh, get what they paid for. But uh, that's the other point. When they went to the Australian Stock Exchange and said... We're going to save $130 million this year if the NRL doesn't go ahead. That's a false economy as well because they're spending $130 million on rugby league. How much revenue will they make? They've obviously done the sums and thought, you know what, we're better off if it doesn't get up. The NRL should not be listening to that shareholder any longer saying, okay, Channel 9 says we shouldn't start. We shouldn't start. I totally agree. It's madness. And someone said that if the NRL was a government authority... To have one of its own uh, uh, um, partners, as they want to yep. keep calling themselves, openly shit cannon like this, yeah. would have the NRL, if it was a government authority, say, we cease our relationship with you here and now. Well, I think that's part of why Channel 9 is acting this way, because they want, they want out. They want out. But or what? they want to spread the money they've paid over a longer term and use this crisis as a reason to get a cheaper deal. But if, if any business came out and said, we're just going to give up, shareholders would be blown up. So the NRL has to throw out these ideas. Yes. For the NRL, for Channel 9 to come out and say it's going to cost them money and they haven't been consulted, 
I saw, I think today or yesterday, uh, the NRL was meeting with Channel 9 and Fox. Uh, yeah, I believe uh, Todd is going to Fox. Todd, Todd was not meeting with Channel 9. I don't know what that means. I Ned, don't know Ned if Philanders, we can read anything into that. Ned Philanders is going to 9, which makes me feel a little bit more confident about the way Absolutely. things are going to roll today. <laughs> yeah, but Todd's um, not going. Since Friday, there have been a number of other reports and social media posts from nine employees tossing up the various roadblocks the NRL are facing. And it's very hard to find some positivity about the chances of return to season 2020 from their, from their employees. Yeah, if you listen to them. Curiously, though, it's been duck eggs from the NRL broadcast team over there at Channel 9. Um, mm. Outside of one bloke. Mm-hmm. A bloke I don't mind. A bloke by the name of Gus Gould. Yep. There is some irony in all of this. In late March, Phil Gould predicted that the self-interest of NRL clubs, this has come from one of his articles, uh, would threaten the game's attempts to safeguard its future. Uh, the former Panthers boss says that as the game's power brokers attempt to keep it afloat, they could also rip it apart. Funnily enough, Gus didn't have to head over to Clubland to get his prophecy fulfilled. He only needed to give his employer a call. Because right now, Channel 9 are playing the biggest self-interest card in the pack. If ever there was a time for everyone to band it together in rugby league, it's right now. Right now. But I will defend Gus here a little. On Sunday, uh, he defended the stance Nine has made, like a very good employee should, and said the financial mismanagement of the NRL needs to be thoroughly investigated. And while I don't think we need to be talking about that at this time, in Gus's defence, he has been stating for a very long time that the NRL are very carefree with their money. But surely that's a battle for another day. A side note to this is that the club that he was general manager of, the Penrith Panthers, have hardly been the great guiding light in financial management. Mm -hmm. At one time there, they were paying for at least three coaches during the whole Anthony Griffin, Ivan Cleary debacle. Yep. I need to state here that I've been a bit of a defender of Channel 9, and we spoke about that just a couple of minutes ago. Yes. We have friends at 9, Sid. Yep. It would have been very good to us over the journey. And Absolutely. outside of bagging Ray Hadley, I don't think I've ever tweeted um, bagging nine and it's on air team. And if I have, I think it would have uh, it would have been pretty light. And let's face it, it's, it would be pretty easy to go in hard on a couple of them. No, I think that's true. People often have a crack at me on Twitter on Friday nights, especially for mentioning Channel 9's broadcasting tweets, saying, why do you watch them? I gave up years ago. Fox <laughs> seems better. Yep. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I don't know. I've always watched Nine on Fridays. You have. And yet I've I always watched, found it bizarre. <laughs> I watch Fox on Saturdays yeah. and Fox on Sundays. I haven't watched Nine for a long time. Um, I'll go on the record. But you always have. Yeah. And you haven't gone hard on them before. No. And for all the doomsdayers out there that have actually taken this opportunity to have a bit of a pile on the NRL, airing old grievances, and I have seen so many people on Twitter just laying it in thick. Why would we care about a bunch of rapists, sex offenders, drug addicts, yeah, this, that, this, that, which straight away shows me that you're not interested in rugby league getting back on the field. You're more interested about having a kick while they're down, yep. right? Uh, they've, they've taken the opportunity to pile in the NRL, airing old grievances, while trying to take some sort of COVID-19 high ground. I'd like to ask you two questions. One, do you really think the NRL would announce a possible return to competition without having huge input and consultation with the various government departments? And, I d- and don't bring up Brad Hazard as your shining example, for God's sake. <laughs> if my information's correct, and believe me, it is, he- even his own staff seem as nothing more than a speed up. If the NRL went rogue here, they risk committing corporate suicide, right, by going against advice and uh, politicians' directives. Absolutely. 
I'll guarantee you that they are getting huge levels of advice, including independent advice. And number two, I'd like to ask you, you do realise that someone in the world of sport has to be the first to return to the field. Yep. Outside of Belarusian soccer. And if there is a way to do it safely for everyone involved, which you would assume is a stipulation here, why shouldn't it be the NRL? Why shouldn't it be? Absolutely. It's a business as well as being a sport. It is a business. Already we know that the AFL, the Premier League in England, and the UFC are all looking at putting in place similar plans. And also, don't ever mess this up. They are watching the NRL with great interest about how they do this. That's true. And finally, in a real sign about how crazy these times really are, and it's not often I say this, actually this might be the first time, and I feel dirty, but I agree with something Buzz Rothfield said this week. Hey. Rugby league fans have long, long memories. That is true. They won't forget this, Channel 9. Yep. And when KO is only 25 bucks a month, and cheaper if you're actually clever, fans (laughs) may very well vote with their wallets down the track. Now, I just want to finish this off by saying two things. First of all, um, I tweeted uh, one of the Channel 9 journos that said something about the hazard thing and puts the NRL plans in jeopardy and everything else. Can I just say, to as much as I appreciate everyone that jumped on board and um, had a go at that journalist, I don't really think that I need... I'm a big boy. I don't need... People you don't to need have people a, to back have you a up. crack, and, and, but I do appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. And also, people using not great language towards that journal. She's just doing a job. All right, let's not make, make no mistake. And she seems like a, a nice enough uh, a lady. And I, I, I don't, I don't condone any of that. She's right? got her, her job. She's Absolutely. got an opinion. You've got an opinion. And, and she, get, she gets other a, people can have an opinion. She but gets just a, keep it civil, people. She gets a paycheck from one of the vested interests. So. I know where she's talking from and everything else, and, and we all do. And, like, she, she was a little bit sharp and everything else, but at the same time, just let it go. That's what I did, and I've just seen other people jump on board, and it doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to be associated with people having red-hot cracks at people because it's nothing to do with me. I, I, I can speak for myself. Second of all, I just want to say, I love rugby league. I talk about rugby league. We do a show about rugby league. I tweet about rugby league. I cannot tell you how much of a vested interest I have in rugby league getting back to the field. I make no qualms about that. Yep. And I have hoped amongst all hope that somehow, some way, this will happen, right? So don't come at me with this. You're only talking out your ass. My word I am. <laughs> My word I am. I've got no dramas with that, okay? So attack me with facts, that's fine. Attack me with whatever you think, that's fine. But don't question my motivation. My motivation is because I love rugby league and I want this happen and I want it to happen as quick as possible in case, in case it gets to the point where rugby league no longer exists like the way we know it does. We can be accused, we can be accused of having a vested interest, but there's not many paychecks coming into us. <laughs> no. <laughs> we just love the game. But yeah, Let's hope so it gets back up and like running said, very soon. Like I said, it comes from the heart. I'm not having a crack at anyone at Channel 9. They all have their masters, and I totally understand that. I understand all of that. And I'm not having a go at anyone in specific. What I'm doing is having a go at the way Channel 9 have conducted themselves and their motives and trying to be trying to be this um, great, great bastion of, of financial management. And they've had their own dramas, which we didn't get into today. 
I understand all of that, and that's that's my my crack at them, not my crack at specific people or specific journo's or specific employees. That's you, it. You even sided with Buzz Rothfield. It's bizarre. 